When you think about it, like, you know, what the market values is not so much uh, your ability to be good at coding. Because, you know, when I was young, my parents were like, oh, you need to know coding, otherwise you're going to get left behind. I think we have to understand that humanity is so good at coding that not everyone needs to know how to code because what the market values is not how good a coder you are. What it values is your creativity, your ability to come up with new ideas to make a particular industry or service work better. And there is no reason that if you do not know how to code, you are going to be held behind because the market values creativity over coding. I'm Saksham Sharda. I'm the creative director at Outgrow.co. This is Code Story, the podcast bringing you interviews with tech visionaries who share in the critical moments of what it takes to change an industry and build and lead a team that has your back. I'm your host, Noah Laphart, and today I'll Saksham Sharda joined the rocket ship of interactive content to further the no-code revolution. All this and more on Code Story. Saksham Sharda likes to make short films or anything that is related to videos. In fact, he's narrowed that down to creating trailers, which he attributes to being in the right role in marketing. He's always active in making social media clips and is always recording everything, even the most boring moments, in his words. The founders of Shakshan's current venture started out building an estimator for what it would take to build an app. This estimator became very popular, and they figured they should build a platform to enable others to make their own. This is the creation story of Outgrow. Well, Outgrow is a no-code tool that you can use to uh, boost your marketing. It allows you to make calculators, quizzes, uh, recommendations, chatbots, basically anything on the internet that is interactive and not static. So not a blog, etc., but other means of marketing like quizzes, calculators, chatbots, anything that interacts with your customer. That is what Outgrow allows you to build very easily. You need not have any expertise at all. So for instance, say on a lawyer's website, the primary call to action was just contact me. Now imagine instead if, uh, you know, they had a quiz or a calculator on their website that said, you know, see how much I can save you in legal fees. Now this quiz or calculator is providing immediate value. It's going to ask you a couple of questions like, you know, how many contracts do you need signed per day or per month? And based on that, uh, based on and other questions like, you know, which state you're based in, etc, etc. And all of that, they take that into account and then they give you an estimate of how much money you're going to save if you hire their particular law firm. Interactive content like this helps this legal firm stand out from, you know, the tons of legal firms out there that have websites. So this is one use case of interactive content, and this is what Artgrow helps you to do. The co-founders of the company, uh, they uh, arrived at this idea because back in the 2000s, when the app stores, etc., the Apple iPhone store, you know, the app store and the Play Store, Play, Play Store on Google had just launched and everyone had an idea for an app. And our co-founders were like, okay, since everyone has an idea, let's give them an estimate of how much it is actually going to cost them to build such an app. So they made a calculator that would show you. It became the go-to place on the internet for you to get an estimate of how much it's going to cost you to build an app. And once they built this calculator, they realized uh, a better business model would be to allow people to build similar calculators and similar quizzes and interactive content pieces so that they can attract uh, customers to their own website. So that's the origin of Outgrow. 
Tell me about the MVP then. Maybe it's that calculator or maybe it's past that, probably past that. But tell me about it. How long did it take to build and what sort of tools were used to bring it to life? Now, because, well, this was the beginning of the company, but now we have like more than a thousand templates of calculators, quizzes, contests, etc. that you can easily just customize in like five to ten minutes because uh, you just take the template, you brand it with your own company's colors, you add some questions, uh, you add some, you know, uh, points within that interactive content piece that is more customizable uh you know it's more personalized to your company and and caters to what your clients actually need so it's actually very easy uh for you to just have this all of this set up in like five to ten minutes and you can put it on your website there's many ways of embedding it like you can have it as uh, a chatbot format or you can have it like a full page embed or you can have a floating triangle rectangle etc etc or like a pop-up etc all of these are totally possible you can have it on your facebook ads you know facebook allows you to embed uh, interactive content in your ads etc so uh, the possibilities are limitless and uh, that's what you can do with the software now in the early days when the software was being built uh, what sort of decisions and trade-offs had to be made and, and how did the team and whether it be the founders whether it be you whether it be the, the rest of the team how did you cope with those decisions of feature cuts or technical debt or things like that I think initially the focus was on quizzes and calculators because uh, that is what you see everywhere around you. And that was like the main focus. But once that got super, you know, mainstream, uh, we started working on more uh, niche interactive content pieces like contests or, you know, uh, chatbots or e-commerce recommendations for like for instance quizzes and calculators i say it's mainstream uh, but it's also very subtly mainstream which obviously is not the definition of mainstream the point is you would not see it so for instance if you go to the tesla website today uh, they tesla spends famously spends zero percent of its budget on marketing instead what it has is when you go on their website they have a simple car configurator which is a quiz. It's a car configurator. You go on the website, you pick what kind of Tesla you want to build, you know, the colors, the engine, uh, the type of like, you know, seats, etc., etc., and like the mileage and like, you know, what kind of fuel, etc., etc., how many savings you want to make. So it's a quiz and a calculator. So a car configurator is actually a quiz and a calculator. And uh, the power that we are giving any small and medium business out there is that they can build something like this for their own business because it's applicable not just to building a car it's applicable to literally every product or service on the internet out there and the point about this is that when you have a quiz or a calculator like this on your website you are also collecting zero party data and first party data which is data that the customer is giving you willingly when they go through this quiz every time they answer a question you learn what kind of uh, business plans that you're selling that they're interested in what their you know what their business's key concerns are and so you can modify your supply chain so that you know uh, for in the, in the case of Tesla right if people are interested in a particular car feature they obviously when they're going to the quiz they keep clicking on that feature so they know how many of that particular feature they need to uh, modify their supply chain for so it's literally everywhere like you walk into a McDonald's and you have these on uh, these screens where you can build your own burger menu that is essentially a quiz and a calculator it's literally everywhere so for instance if you go to the HubSpot website today for any SaaS tool for instance like HubSpot uh, they 
have on their pricing page. They're like, which plan is the most suitable for you? They have a quiz for that. And uh, then they give you a customized plan. And so, for instance, on a podcast website, you could literally have a quiz that says, uh, you know, which of our episodes should you listen to first? And then you ask them relevant questions like, what's your industry? What is the key issue you're trying to solve? Uh, what kind of other podcasts are you listening to? And this way, you're also doing competitor research. You see, you can ask them a question like, what are the podcasts you listen to so that we can recommend you episodes that would suit you? But at the same time, you are learning what podcast they're listening to. So you can actually go and improve your own podcast based on, you know, what your listeners are listening to as well. So the possibilities are endless because mainly you're collecting so much helpful data to keep refining your product. How do you go about building your roadmap at Outgrow? You know, what? how do you decide as a team, you know, this is the next most important thing to a uh, to build or to address without growth? Well, at present, we serve 21 different industries. So I think a good starting point is to for us to like you know uh, really focus on all 21 of these and and assign departments to work separately in all 21 of them because the use cases of the software are so limitless that no matter what particular segment we choose to focus on we know we're going to have enormous revenue growth so uh really the decision is do we focus on one industry like we could focus on like particular industries that you know uh that we understand would generate a lot of revenue but then we also need to keep our minds open to focus on industries that we don't know might generate a lot of revenue because we think we know that some industries generate a lot of revenue but but you know there are industries that people have not ever approached with this idea before uh, because uh, you know it, it's just not existed before and we don't know how that industry would perform so we are equally focusing on industries that generate revenue but we are also equally focusing on industries that no one has any idea about. So we're constantly innovating and try to enter all the spaces possible because because with a no-code tool, it's easy, right? You just have to give a demonstration of how the tool works or make people aware with like examples that are easy to understand, like a car configurator, which you can literally use for any of the 21 industries that exist on this planet. So for finance services, you can use it. You can use it for, you know, real estate or anything. So it's totally possible. For instance, for real estate, I'll give you an example. We had one of our clients, they made a calculator that, uh, so they're selling real estate, but they made a, a calculator that said, how much uh, can you make by Airbnb being your property? Now, this has obviously got nothing to do with real estate sales. It's more of a rental market. But that calculator, they made it when Airbnb was just taking off and it became the go-to place for airbnb hosts to find out which city they should airbnb their property in and this gave them so much website traffic that they were able to increase their real estate sales themselves you know even though they're, they're a real estate company and not a rental company so the ideas are limitless when you're working with a new technology in an old industry or in a new industry as well so let's switch to team so how do you go about building your team and what do you look for in those people to indicate that they're the winning horses to join you at Outgrow? I think with team, it really matters uh, not so much as what qualifications there are on their CV, which is important. Uh, but I think it is the ability of the employee to be constantly innovative and to constantly try to come up with new ideas because what we are really looking for, and I think that's... Uh, an important thing for any industry or even governments to uh, understand is that uh, 
you need new ideas. Like at some point, people who came up with the original ideas, the co-founders, for instance, uh, their ideas are going to become like, you know, calcified like they're going to become old so you always constantly need new blood you need new ideas you need people who understand the new uh, social media networks better which is why i think it's important to hire gen z if you want to do something in tiktok you've got to have people who can who are on tiktok constantly because i'm not so you know uh, that constantly so uh, i guess uh, i wouldn't be the best person to make a tiktok marketing campaign but uh, you need to constantly experiment with new um uh, social media networks, new softwares, and for that you constantly need new blood, and it's not always helpful to retain, you know, uh, old blood, <laughs> if I could put it like that. Yeah. So let's flip to scalability. So was this built to scale efficiently from day one, or is this something the company's fighting as you grow and gain traction? Well, I think we made it based on a prediction that interactive content is going to be the next big thing and uh, we were quite squarely positioned to ride the wave when it did originate so i think we're pretty much riding the wave and it is scaling and we don't really need to do much except uh, focus our resources and energies in as i said in these 21 different industries to ride as much of the wave as possible and not miss out on anything while this uh, trend is really at the forefront because the collection of zero party and first party data is becoming is still like you know it's it's, it's the key thing on the internet right now so uh, I think uh, it was definitely meant to be made with an intention to scale. And because no-code tools are becoming the go-to thing for any marketer, because when, when you think about it, like, you know, what the market values is not so much uh, your ability to be good at coding. Because, you know, when I was young, my parents were like, oh, you need to know coding, otherwise you're going to get left behind. Uh, but uh, I think we have to understand that humanity is so good at coding that not everyone needs to know how to code because what the market values is not how good a coder you are what it values is uh, your creativity uh, your ability to come up with new ideas to make a particular industry or service work better and there is no reason that if you do not know how to code you are going to be held behind because the market values creativity over coding so yeah that's well put. Yeah, I think that the creativity over coding is is absolutely true. The difficulty in building things nowadays is much less. And you can create solutions, you can create platforms, you can do all the things to a certain point without knowing how to code. As you step out on the balcony and look across all that you've been a part of and built at Outgrow, what are you most proud of? I think the ability to understand how much fun marketing and building a business can be if you don't take it too seriously which is what something no code tools empower you to do because we have used our own software uh, i have used outgrow to make marketing campaigns and you know awareness campaigns and business campaigns that barely required you know like i could do everything myself i didn't really need to hire a designer and a developer and everything else with by myself within a day i was able to make a campaign that was able to rank number one on uh, on on product Product Hunt, which is uh, this uh, website that gets almost 6 million monthly viewers in the tech scene, you know, uh, every month. Uh, so um, we were able to make campaigns that have multiple times, uh, you know, 
reach number one there. And that's because we are able to ride market trends fast because we are using no code tools. So one of the things we made, for instance, was, you know, when 2020 was turning out to be quite shitty for everyone, uh, but it, things have gotten much worse since 2020. But 2020 was like, you know, the first year where a lot of things were going bad. There was like a hurricane, there was a locust swarm, Corona had just entered. And then what else was there? There were forest fires and all of this stuff and earthquakes as well. So we made a simple quiz because, you know, ours is a quiz making software. We made a simple quiz called which 2020 disaster are you? And we just did that as a team building exercise, you know, just for fun. Uh, we put in silly questions there and everything. And this quiz ranked number one, uh, n- number one, two and four. Like it ranked it. It, it was in the top four uh, for a whole day. And it got so many hits that it really put our software at the forefront of everything. But really what is important to note is because we had a no code tool to make this easily and we were able to really like you know do it as a fun activity what we realized is that any campaign you do any any business kind of you know campaign that you're doing it doesn't always have to be work it has to also be something that rides a trend something that is fun to do something that everyone else is talking about so i think that's one of the key things i've learned is not all goals are hard to reach and there are some goals that are very easy to reach if you just are able to look at the bigger picture and and they require minimal effort if you have no code tools because it shouldn't be so hard to reach goals well let's flip the script a little bit tell me about a mistake you made and how you and your team responded to it well we got into a fight a social media twitter fight with a guy who was very good at making companies he made 20 startups in in a year uh and his idea was that so many startups fail i'm just gonna make like a startup one new startup in every year etc etc and uh, he is uh quite famous and we were just talking about how one of his tools that he made an interactive content piece that he made can be used for collecting first party and zero party data but this was before the terms first party data and zero party data were were considered you know politically correct so so i think he just misunderstood what we said as data collection and that's really not what we meant uh this was consensual data and everything so he he was uh, he replied to our tweets with a very angry response but then as it happens with twitter as elon musk has discovered recently most of the twitter rage is basically bots so it's not even real so uh so yeah there was a fight that lasted for like i think five minutes or 15 minutes or maybe it was a day but like i think after that no one really cared or (laughs) did anything so that was a mistake we made but then again the thing with mistakes is to again look at them at the bigger picture because i don't think uh anyone is big enough to make mistakes that would like you know bring down an entire i don't know organization so what does the future look like for outgrow the product and for your team well, we don't know. It really depends on like, because there's so much uncertainty in the winds because of so much happening in the world right now. But uh, uh, the future is basically the ability to pivot, which we are very, we're not very good at, but we are good at, I would say. Uh, we are able to see what is working for us even momentarily. And we are able to be like, okay, that seems to be working. Let's go for that. So for instance, we have a podcast associated with the uh 
with the company. It's called the Market of the Month podcast and is doing really well. And so we are uh, putting more resources into it because because it's starting to do so well. But that wasn't the intention. I'm like, we just made a podcast because we we're like, why not as a marketing strategy? But then it started doing really, really well. So so now we're kind of focused on that in addition to the product and service that we have already. So we really don't know what direction what is going to go in. Like at some point, we assume that the podcast will become as big as a company. We don't know that, but we are happy to, you know, divert resources to whatever the market uh, <laughs> whatever let's just say um, whatever swing the market swings us towards we're like okay let's swing this swing let's ride this wave let's see where this takes us so i think that is the idea for the future is to be very flexible and versatile let's switch to you who influences the way that you work name a person that you look up to and why well, I think our co-founder is very influential, uh, Randy. He is able to come up with really great ideas that I may not initially believe in, but then eventually uh, I, I start to believe in them after I work on them a little. So he is one of the people who have been influential. But in my personal life in general, I would say I'm influenced by, I don't know if you know the... Uh, American screenwriter Aaron Sorkin who wrote The Social Network and Jobs and uh, several other movies Aaron Sorkin I think he's got a very great way of thinking and I I, I like just his approach towards writing because I think writing is very um, helpful in doing anything you know content creation is firstly understanding what your audience wants and for that you need to be a good writer Uh, so I think that would be a person that influences me we talked about a mistake right in the twitter fight right but if you could go back to the beginning what would you do different or where would you consider taking a different approach oh i think we should have engaged more in that twitter fight <laughs> <laughs> because uh, as as i think well who who said this in i think it was samantha in sex in the city says that there is no such thing as bad press and so and i think that was pretty much the philosophy of twitter is that you really do not get cancelled you just get a lot of free press like you know there's nothing that a cancel crowd can do to you because there is no legal contract uh, that forces a cancel crowd to like you know just uh, be like oh you're gonna get cancelled it's just i think if we, sh- if we had actually engaged in a twitter fight as in well i don't even want to call it a fight because that's a derogatory term if we had engaged in a discussion with someone who who is being very uh, rude, but you, is then forced to confront you in a very debating way, then that would have been a more interesting thread than a thread that is just trying to pacify someone who is uh, clearly in a fighty spirit. So I think it would have been totally okay if we had continued with that fight. <laughs> well, last question. So you're getting on a plane and you're sitting next to a young entrepreneur who's built the next big thing. They're jazzed about it. They can't wait to show it off to the world. And they can't wait to show it off to you right there on the plane. What advice do you give that person having gone down this road a bit with Outgrow? Well, I think the simplest advice would be if they want to get noticed, it's not just about having a great product. It's also about having good marketing and a good place to start would be to launch their product on Product Hunt because it would catch some people's eyes and you need to catch the world's attention even for a millisecond in order to get... Uh, you know, funding in case you need funding. But if you don't even need funding, which might be the case, if you have no-code tools, if you get good at using no-code tools, you really do not need funding because you can just make your product and service work even for 100 people and that would generate a lot of money because uh, even 100 good customers is better than like, you know, 10,000 followers who don't really care about you so much, but they're just following you. So, yeah. 
Well, Saksham, thank you for being on the show today. Thank you for telling the creation story and your creation story of Outgrow. Thanks for having me, Noah. And this concludes another chapter of Coat Story. Code Story is hosted and produced by Noah Laphart. Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or the podcasting app of your choice. Support the show on patreon.com slash codestory for just five to ten bucks a month. And when you get a chance, leave us a review. Both things help us out tremendously. And thanks again for listening. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.